weekend is coming and it's time for a bath We're going subs and bodies and we'll have a good laugh Hello and welcome back to Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by an array of guests today to discuss the forthcoming season, which is, of course, 2021 here in Macclesfield. And our first guest is, of course, a man that needs no introduction. It's the chairman himself, Mr. Simon Griffiths. Simon, how are you? I'm very well. How is yourself? Yep, you know, ever progressing, but um, glad to uh, have uh, a few people on today to just give a bit of an update now that I feel like we're in a position to, uh, you know, update a few people on developments and and hopefully a, a full season of cricket. But I thought, uh, you know, we had to start the top with the top brass. So the chairman's here, of course. Now, Simon, we've got a few things to cover. um, And I thought, firstly, we could perhaps talk about some of the sort of key dates. Of course, this is all the government lifting the restrictions in line with the roadmap and and indeed the ECB. So, um, you know, it goes without saying these things are yet to be signed off on but all being well um, I thought you could run us through the sort of time frame and the dates that we are looking at as it stands. Okay well the, the next key date for us or for the country is the 22nd of March when the government will review the latest Covid data and if that's all going in the, in the correct direction which at the moment it seems to be that would mean that we'd then reach step one of their, of their lockdown easing plan which is that sports can open, uh, reopen, which would be good, as can hospitality venues for serving outside. So as far as that affects cricket, um, that would mean, hopefully, that we'll be able to start the season on time and we'll be able to do some nets. We will be getting guidance from the ECB as soon as the government has done their review. The ECB has been in conversation with with the various people at uh, Whitehall, so hopefully um, it will be similar, I suspect, to the arrangements we had to meet last year. And once that's done, that will be good. So we cannot do any coaching or anything like that until after the 29th. Um, we've had some guidance from Cheshire, which is very explicit about what we can do and what we can't do. So can't, for example, do any one-to-one coaching or anything like that. So but hopefully, if the figures go the right way, that will uh, that will give us uh, the green light to to start the season. So for the club, we need to do two things. One is we need to look at the coaching for both seniors and juniors and how we do that post the 29th. And we have a committee meeting this week, so we'll be following that. And also how we manage the bar, uh, meeting the requirements of, of the government. So. Uh, so that's all all in hand. Um, fingers crossed that uh, we get the green light, as I say. Well, it's great to hear the sort of roadmap, uh, both uh, governmental and indeed cricket, um, you know, and the proposed dates and everything like that. So all we can do is sort of keep our fingers crossed and, and work towards those dates. Now, you mentioned, obviously, we won't be able to do anything uh, as discussed until the 29th of March at the earliest. But of course, um, we won't simply just be able to jump on and train and net and play immediately there is of course a whole raft of work and, and and things that needs to be done so perhaps you could kind of give us an update on on that and also what the plans are for when we can carry out this work and indeed how that's going to happen yeah well the first bit obviously is getting the ground right those of you who don't know uh paul fairclough paolo is taking the lead this year for the grounds uh jimmy's uh, stepping down uh, although he will be available to help Paul with uh, with various 
tasks and advice as will Moser. So that 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 that's good. And he's got quite a challenge on us, Paul, this season in that we've got obviously four teams um, on a Saturday. We've got the, the juniors and we're starting the women's and ladies teams this year as well. So that's going to put quite a lot of pressure on him. Um, he started doing the pre-season work. The squares have had the initial roles, but of course the weather's got pretty poor the last few days. So that's putting him back a little bit. Um so quite a bit of work to do and he will be wanting assistance. And as soon as we have dates, we, we, we will let you know. Um, very much dependent on the weather. But to help things, we have purchased a new, an additional bow dry. So when we do get those wet Saturdays and we have to get some of the surface water off, we bought some more protection sheets. Um, we, you'll be pleased to know as far as Parkside ground is concerned. We purchased two new boundary ropes. Um, which will uh, which will help things. So it all makes us uh, makes us look a little bit more professional. Um, as far as working parties, uh, working parties there will be lots of jobs to do. But of course, we will keep in our our, um, our bubbles of six after the 29th. So we're looking at that first weekend, uh, which is the Easter weekend, I think, isn't it? The third um, of April, I think, that we will be needing working parties. And that will be organised to get as much as the work done as possible. So um, really, really must stress the need for player involvement. The amount of players from both seniors and juniors getting involved in the working parties over recent years has been diminishing. And it sort of is left always to a few hardy souls to complete the work. So please, 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 when you, when you get the information, if the players can uh, make themselves available, as many hands make light work. Um, so that's on the ground side. Um, the other bit people might be interested in, as far as the clubhouse is concerned. I mentioned earlier we need to decide how we're going to serve, but the uh, the first bit of news, as you know, that Liz has uh, left at the end of the year, um, and we have appointed a new clubhouse manager, and that's Louise, who you will know from the tees in previous years. Um, she will be starting shortly. And as well as providing the bar services, we have been discussing how she can improve the, the food offer, both during uh, on normal days and also particularly Friday nights for the academy where there's quite a demand. So we'll be meeting with her this coming week to uh, to start detailing the plans because she's she's accepted the offer, which is which is good news. Um, she's got lots and lots of ideas. So uh, hopefully uh, you'll see the benefit of that in the coming weeks and months. Um, the clubhouse itself, you'll be pleased to know the inside has been uh, completely repainted over the uh, last few weeks. So that's given it a good freshen up. And uh, the other bit members might be interested to know is we've uh, commissioned an architect to look to see how we can expand the clubhouse when we get a little bit more room. Um, we're expecting over the next two, three weeks, some, some outline plans. And once we've got those, we'll, we'll share them with members. Um, so that's pretty Pretty important work for us. Um, membership, just to relate to membership, I think Tandy sent all the invitations out and linking that into the clubhouse. You will need your membership card to be displayed in order to get uh, the uh, discounted prices. Um, so please get your membership uh, sorted. Tandy's working long hours at the moment, sorting out all the membership for academy and seniors. And also that will lead to the fixture booklet uh, being uh, reproduced. 
got a few sponsors in there, which is which is all good. So things are going in the in the right direction, I think, at the moment. Uh, but as always, with the season approaching, you'll hear you hear before we know it. A uh, lot of work to do. So please look out for the communications requesting assistance. Yeah, I just want to sort of echo your comments there about um, the working party. Obviously, there is a tremendous amount of work that needs to be done uh, for us all to get back out there training, netting, playing. Um, and and as you say, it will, it will need all hands to the pump. Um, and indeed, you know, just to give another cliche, many hands make light work. But of course, I think it is worth saying that, you know, these things... Uh, don't necessarily mean that you have to be there for 14 hours a day um, on the day of the working party, even if it's you've got an hour or two spare to come down and, and give a hand. Um, really encourage everybody, parents and, and players, to, to really get involved. I know Simon uh, is <laughs> probably getting sick of having to ask people to get involved, but it's a really, really important thing. So I really encourage people when the working party comes about that, that everyone gets involved, even if it's for an hour or two. Yeah, the, the club's are only as good as its membership. Um, the more we put in, the more we'll get we'll get out of it. So even if you can only do little bits, whether that's helping on working party just for, for an hour or so, as you say, or there's other things you can do. If you know somebody that's prepared to sponsor a game or sponsor the club, it doesn't take much to do. And if everybody was able to get one sponsor, for example, that would make a tremendous um, difference to our, our finances because with talking about finances we we're just about holding ahead at the moment because uh level because we didn't have our firework display so you know, that's quite a bit of money that we take in that that allows us to develop the um to develop the club um so the more sponsors we can get it allows us to invest more and if we're going to, to for example improve the clubhouse there's work i want to do improving the drainage that all takes investment so the more money we can get you know from people the better and Every little helps, as somebody once said. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Well, uh, is there anything else pertinent that you want to cover before we uh, head over to James Cross? No, I'm just looking forward to the season. Hopefully we'll get some good weather and uh, we can watch some good cricket. I think it's going to be a challenge for us. We're, we've got lots of players, lots of teams. Um, looking forward to the juniors developing their their progress. The, I mentioned about the ladies team coming on board. That, that That's brilliant. So I think that... Uh, all in all, roll on April. Absolutely. Well, thank you as ever for coming on and uh, giving us a bit of an update, Simon. Always a pleasure. And now moving on to our second guest, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back first team and club captain, Mr. James Cross. Crossy, how are we? Oh, all good. Thanks, Miles. A little bit tired from this week, but yeah, cracking on through and uh, and hopefully looking forward to getting some form of cricket played this summer excellent how was the the first week back at school oh how can i phrase it um i'd probably say tiring is the best way to put it um <laughs> rather rather tiring should we say very very good well um i'm i'm glad to, you know you're, you're soldiering on and bearing up under the under the weight of it all no pun intended yeah in in fairness we've had to bear under quite a lot of weight for quite a lot of time so uh so like i said i'm used to that front really there's uh there's a couple of things that i want to talk to you about but uh the first thing that i think would be very important to discuss it is of course mothering sunday here in the uk and uh i must ask how the lovely sandra is yeah she's fine we've uh we went on a walk around uh costa del congleton this morning keeping two meters distance so that that was good fun it was uh it was it was a long couple of hours, should we say that? But uh, but like I said, I'm glad I'm I won't be stuck in a box with her for uh, 
for eight hours on a Saturday in the upcoming season. But somebody will have that privilege. Well, indeed. Moving on to our sort of cricket chat, and uh, appropriately, that's the first bit of news, isn't it? We're going to be having a new first-team scorer this year. Yeah, sadly, we've well, we've put in a bit of a transfer request in terms of Sandra, and uh, and yeah, she's stepping up to the plate, finally coming there. Uh, coming back to support her son and her fiancé at Mac, opposed to uh, opposed to staying at Bollington. So, yeah, good news. Just the, the only problem is she can't spell and add up quite as well as uh, Junior Flint, but it also gives Richard plenty of opportunity to be able to play this year, which is... Uh, which is good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, I'm sure you join me in uh, thanking Minnie Flint for all his uh, services to scoring and indeed writing match reports the last few seasons. I know he's a, a has been a very popular member of the uh, the first team squad. And indeed, I'm sure he's probably the only scorer in the league that actually partakes in the warm-ups. But um, he's got the bug back and, and it's really great to, to hear from him and see that he's uh, determined to play a lot of cricket this year. So um, thanks to to, to Flint for his scoring but indeed we're really looking forward to seeing him doing a lot better than his brother on the cricket pitch yeah exactly well uh, one one of the things I'm most excited about this year is actually uh having Sandra involved in the uh in the warm-up which would be good everything apart from the uh the discussions pre-match uh when we are stretching shall we say yep we'll uh we'll leave it there and move swiftly onwards I know how much you like it when I say that crossy next bit of news to discuss with you or an update shall we say is of course on our hopeful arrival of Mr Jack Matson from Australia yeah so um things are progressing quite nicely uh with that we're looking at Jack um booking his flight sort of this week so in in terms of that it's looking very positive obviously it is an ever-changing situation at the moment and um i think simon may have mentioned it but we're we're looking for some guidance off the ecb who are due to announce their um guidance the week before the lockdown ends well lockdown starts easing so the 22nd of march um followed by the cheshire county league announcing something i think it's on the 24th of march in terms of uh playing regs and stuff like that so like I said it's it's all lined up and it's ready to go and uh, and I'm certainly really excited to get him over here and uh, I know Jack is very keen and eager to get himself over to the glorious sunny Macclesfield as it is. Yep absolutely I think a few of us have had a few messages from him and um, he's sort of ramping up towards the end of the, uh, the Victorian season over there but also uh, looking forward to you know chasing the eternal summer in inverted commas uh, that I'm sure he'll be greeted with over in England in uh, sunny April. He might have to borrow some of my winter coat. Well, you'll probably be able to fit two of them in there. But uh, I was going to say, who's he sharing the coat with? Uh, that's that's up to him. That that'll be a life experience. Uh, <laughs> mingling in Macclesfield I'm sure well we're looking forward to you know all things being well fingers crossed getting Jack over here and uh, can we can we make the big reveal about where he'll be uh, inhabiting cohabiting uh, well it's it's still just penciled in but it's it's looking ever more likely that he will be uh, sharing a establishment with uh, myself which which like you said I can imagine as an overseas it's a it's an experience to come over here um but I can imagine it be, uh, should we say, it be an enhanced learning curve living with myself. All I can say is just the best of luck and our best wishes to your lovely other half, Jen. Yeah, that's 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 all we can say. She's put on with 
with me for a while so uh moving off that subject and on to our next bit of news i thought it'd be good to to give you the chance to perhaps talk about one of your nearest and dearest the first team vice captain mr john birchall who i believe is going to be uh sort of stepping up and and taking a bit more of a senior role this year yeah definitely so um so having a having a chat with birchie he's, he's looking to leave his job and then he can take a bit more of a professional focus within his cricket so obviously as many of you know Birchie is the feral individual that is um seems to live off very little sleep um and that that's mainly due to work as well as well as kids so um hopefully a change in role in his professional um life may free him up and and uh, make him a bit more committed to the cricket and and from that he he's looking to take a, a much more a central role within the club, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Obviously, uh, as as I'm sure quite a few of you know, that Birchie's one of the highest level coaches that he can get. I think he's a level three coach. Um, so Birchie's looking to, as well as sort of like take a role, take a lead role on sort of like training nights, also offer his services on a on a one to one level to any uh, to any senior players that uh, would need it or. Or fancy it. Like I said, it's um, we're very lucky to have uh, to have Birch as a level three coach, and then then obviously Alfie as well um, offering his services. So uh, so yeah, I can't imagine as many clubs um, within the area or, or within the country to have that sort of access to uh, to coaches um, on the doorstep, really, which I think is really important. Yeah, it's it's great to hear that sort of Birchie is is hoping to be able to sort of change around his. Uh, He's sort of working week in his hours because, as as is widely known and been discussed indeed on the podcast, he does have a habit of being forced to arrive at cricket games on approximately one and a half hours sleep, fueled exclusively by Red Bull and cigarettes. And um, I think uh, from what he said, you know, the uh, the feral the feral nature of the individual does catch up with him, uh, and and I think he's looking to to have a slightly more uh, normal working week, and and as such, he really wants to. To put a lot back into to, the, to his cricket and the cricket of other people, and and take a more sort of active role and and offer his uh, you know his knowledge and his expertise for what it is. So we're really pleased that uh, John is hoping to make that sort of transition and 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 be more than just uh, the feral individual who rocks up and occasionally scores scores a few runs and takes a few wickets on on no sleep. Yeah, I think I think it's an important time to note that uh, I'm sure Birchie still will be feral. Um, just a little bit more professional on the pitch and uh, and like you said uh, off the pitch and training environment but I'm sure that we'll still experience the full uh, effects of John Birchall um, after the game should we say I don't think there will ever be uh, you know a time in in his life or any of our experiences of Birchie where we won't be referring to him as absolutely feral no and it, if there ever is a time that there will be I'll be very disappointed <laughs> very good now crossy just lastly um you know looking ahead to the season as we've sort of discussed and heard from simon and yourself um you know all of us are sort of fingers crossed for for a full season um it, it's looking very promising as as we know but you know we're yet to hear officially as as with both the government and the ECB. but um assuming we do get this full season um what are your sort of aims you know uh come the end of the season um so on a on a sort of like a personal level obviously as do as well as possible um looks to focus more 
batting wise, obviously, uh, than bowling wise. If I if I do get a chance to bowl, uh, I may take it um, every week for fifteen overs. But um, <laughs> like I said, sad, sadly, we all can't be as good as you in that in that respect, Miles. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as a as a team, I think I think it's a little bit about um, the same as last year. So building building the youth of the, t- of the club back up. And like you said, we, we've we probably got one of the youngest average ages um, within the club of the, of the first team. So if, if you take out the likes of Chris Moores and John Birchall, then I think I'm almost next oldest and at 26. And then there's another big gap until um, sort of like 22, 21. So... Um, it's it's very promising for the future, and like you said, it's just building that squad. Um, I'd I'd like to think that a lot of players are mature um, because of this. Certainly myself, I think it took until I was um, 21, 22 until I started to mature. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm fully mature now, anyway. But I'm sure that you, that was on the tip of your tongue. But um, but like I said, I think it's that building building the club up. Um, from its uh, from its academy and and from its youth, so it's really exciting. Fantastic, Crossy. Well, thanks as ever. Great to have you on, and uh, here's to a full season. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Miles. Cheers, Crossy. And now moving on to our next guest, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back Paul Yoz Hughes, our head of academy, to give us an update on all things junior cricket. Yoz, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Miles. How are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Always a pleasure to uh, welcome you back to the podcast. Although I'm afraid to say we won't be talking about Shane Warne too much this time. Not at all. Good to be back. <laughs> Excellent. So a uh, really key thing that obviously we're developing alongside all the great things at the club with senior cricket. Um, of course, our junior cricket, our academy is very, very important. And indeed this year, we're able to, to sort of finally uh, introduce uh, a women's and girls cricket. So I know we've got a few things to cover um, in that area. But firstly, do you want to just give us a, a sort of broad overview on, on what the, the plans, the current plans, of course, are for the academy and the hopeful restart of cricket? Yeah, well, everything's very much up in the air, isn't it? Um, we don't know what the government or the ECB announcement's going to be as and when we're allowed to to restart our junior sports, whether it's going to be the green light to crack on as we would do ordinarily at this time of the year, or whether we're going to start slowly like we did last time with the groups of six and then extending that to 18 and then 30. And then there will obviously be some kind of restrictions on the playing matches. We've got a number of contingencies in place, um, but I've got my fingers crossed and hoping that we can get out come the 29th of March and, uh, and start as we would do an ordinary season. And in terms of the sort of uh, age groups and training and things like that, uh, should parents and, and junior players be sort of expecting a similar format to last year, dependent on the numbers and group sizes, of course, and all that sort of thing? A, a lot, like you say, a lot of things can change. But at the minute, we have a contingency to start as normal with the under nines and the under 11s training outdoors on a Friday night at the cricket club and the under 13s and the under 15s at the King School. That gives us a, a good balance and lets everybody train on the same night. We'll also be introducing an all-stars cricket programme, which is for those children that are would be classed as under sevens. And that's been run at the club on a Friday night before the main junior training. We've got Fred Slater running that as, a, as an ECB level two coach but he's also going to be supported by a number of junior activators, which are going to come from the the under-15 squad. That under-15 squad is one that I've long been proud of. 
and it'd be nice to have those working with the future cricketers of the club uh, becoming role models. Excellent. I mean, as ever, uh, a lot of really great things to look forward to from our juniors and indeed from from the playing side of things. I'm sure there are lots of uh, competitions and trophies and, and silverware across the age groups that we, we look forward to, to competing in and doing well and, of course, winning. Do you have any sort of aims, aspirations for, for any of the sides this year? Anything in particular? No, after last year, it's just to get them as much competitive uh, worthwhile cricket as possible. We've got well in excess of 100 children in, in the academy across those four age groups uh, entering competitions in the High Peak League, the South Manchester Junior Cricket League and also the, the stronger County Cricket League that gets played on a Sunday morning. That's another battle that we're going to have to uh, to manage this year is that the winter sports are extending their programmes. Uh, junior football, junior hockey, junior rugby are all extending their seasons until at least the 8th of May and I think football are running through to June July time so that's something that's a challenge that we'll have to uh, we'll have to meet and hopefully have some flexibility from the league about the ordinarily mandated Sunday morning fixtures. As you mentioned obviously lots of those winter sports are extending their seasons um, I'm, I'm right in thinking that uh, certainly our under 15 uh, players um, play their fixtures on a, a sort of Sunday morning and, and indeed some of the players have then gone on to feature in the the recently uh, renamed Macclesfield Sunday Eleven, not to be confused with the, the former fourth team. So for the uh, girls and boys that are playing in those sorts of matches, is that some of the challenges that you foresee and indeed them playing in their own age group games? Yeah, the under-15s is going to be a challenge. And I think over the years, that particular age group has shown to be a difficult one to manage because by the time the, the kids get to an under-15, when they are 15, they have different priorities. Uh, including other sports that clash on a Sunday morning. But also, if you've got to be, let's say, at Neston at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning for a county league fixture, you've got to be really committed to the team. So that's 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 one of the things that we'll have to juggle. Absolutely. And I mean, that does lead us on to, to talk a little bit about um, the sort of progression from junior to senior cricket. Obviously, in, in the last few years, we've, we've had a lot of exciting younger players graduating through the academy and then indeed into senior cricket and on to even the first team. Um, I'm assuming you're looking forward to seeing lots more uh, appearances at senior cricket from the junior academy? Absolutely. It, it's one of the goals of the academy to increase the quality of the cricket uh, within the senior senior teams. And we've seen... Uh, a number progressed through the teams last year. So things are, things are positive. I'm hoping that the under-15s will be able to supply a lot of players to the third and fourth teams. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really looking forward to as well. You know, there are, there are a lot of positive things to look forward to at the club this year. And, and, and hopefully, as we say, we, we just get a full season of, of training and playing and fixtures at, at, at all age groups, um, you know, right the way through from the first team down to uh, to our all-stars. Now, uh, talking about sort of teams, um, we are very pleased and thrilled to say that we are going to be uh, featuring for the first time um, a ladies and uh, a girls team this year. Obviously, we've been thrilled to see so many, you know, young girls coming through the the, the age groups at uh, junior cricket, but I believe this is the first time we'll have uh, sort of dedicated girls and indeed a ladies team. What can you tell us about the, the sort of progression and, and things that we're planning in that department? Yes, I mentioned before that one of the priorities for the academy is to improve the standard of seniors cricket across the club, but it's also now moving to become much more inclusive. And we have had interest from a lot of girls over the years that have and that, that, that interest has waned when they get to under 13s, under 15s, because it's a it's a tough game to play. We do still have girls playing within the junior sides, and probably most notably Charlotte Neal and Libby Ackley, who've been at the club since they were both under nines, representing the under 15s and the under 13s, also playing for. Cheshire and in fact Charlotte was the first female to play senior cricket at the club 
when she made her debut last year. So that that's a, that, that's an idea of how the some of the girls' cricket is progressing into senior cricket. But also there is a, a an element of of girls that want to play cricket, but not necessarily within the boys' teams with the or the mixed teams with the hard ball. So Claire Greensmith and Helen Nicholson and a small army of volunteers are pulling together some fixtures and training for girls that want to play cricket, have fun with their friends, entering tournaments across the county. It's brilliant what they're doing. Fantastic. And do we have um, yet sort of the age groups that this is going to be played at, or is that sort of yet to be decided? Girls can play uh, the mixed cricket all the way through the age groups. And I think the the softball training and the softball matches are being concentrated on the 9s, the 11s and the 13s. Fantastic. And then alongside this, I believe we're also going to be entering a softball ladies team for the first time this year. Um, I think I'm right in saying that the, the intention is to is to start with softball this year and then progress into entering into a hardball uh, league or competition next year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's brilliant. That's been run by Alicia um, and she's had a, a group of friends and associates playing in various tournaments uh, across the county over the last few years, having great fun. Um, and they're affiliating themselves to Macclesfield Cricket Club. So that's another positive thing that's coming out of the club this year. It certainly is. And I'm really looking forward to hopefully arranging uh, a future podcast episode with uh, some of the aforementioned characters there to talk about all things girls and women's cricket. So, uh, you know, another another great sort of milestone for the club um, alongside all the other great things we've got going on. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a good thing to do to, to get it out there so other people know what we're doing as a club. That would help massively, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you say, inclusivity and, and producing uh, young players and quality players and, you know, improving the lives of our of our young people is, is what it's all about, really, isn't it? Yeah, making sure they have fun. Absolutely. Now, before we uh, head on to one of our other questionable guests, <laughs> not to describe you as questionable, of course, yours, uh, but anything else you want to cover, anything else you've got to say with that pertains to, you know, academy matters only to say that we're we're ready to go on the 29th of march whatever the conditions will be uh, we want to get out there as soon as possible to get the boys and girls as much cricket as they possibly can have developing their game having fun along the way yours thanks so much for taking the time to uh, quickly pop on and, and give us an update and as i say we're really looking forward to uh, to seeing all the girls and boys out there and uh, enjoying their cricket no problem Miles. hope to see you, see you soon cheers yours now i obviously mentioned we would be joined by another one of our uh, dubious characters reprobates maybe some would say but uh, what is clear it's time to introduce our local podcasting celebrity and of course it's not frankie barker although this man could be accused of uh, taking up somewhat the same level of self-promotion that frankie barker does of course it's mr pete langley star of countless episodes now on get it whacked uh, langers how are we yeah i'm good mate it's good to be back it's been a while it's been a Three or four weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to find ways not to uh, to invite you on, but uh, no, I'm joking. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, mate. And uh, we've got a little bit of a uh, bit of an update about uh, the podcast and some happenings over the summer. But before we get to that, of course, it would be uh, only right to ask you how you're doing. You know, first week back at school, into the second one now. Um, have you managed to miss any bins with rugby balls? Or <laughs> no, no, the the bins are safe sort of coming to the end of the winter programme. So it was absolutely exhausting being back the first week just because we're still pretty busy behind laptops when we're working from home. But obviously having games afternoons and stuff like that hit hit me like a, a bit of a a bit of a lorry. But um we managed to get the senior players, so the, the year thirteens, the six warmers into the cricket nets. 
uh, on Wednesday, and hopefully we're going to do the same this Wednesday as well, which involves Nick Moss, Josh Regendrin, um, Alex Davis, and Tom Morehouse, who I think have all played at Mac at some stage through their cricketing careers. So good to team up with those guys again and and hit a few balls. Excellent. And um, as you were discussing on the the Macclesfield Rugby podcast, uh, our sort of friends over at Mac Rugby sister podcast, I don't know if you want to describe it as such, but obviously, you know, you're talking in that about sort of generating that link with Kings. And obviously it's something that we're very proud to to have done and, and continue to maintain at the cricket club as well. Um, and obviously moving forward yourself and the likes of Steve Moore's, uh, you know, very, um, very key in that area. So good to hear, you know, some familiar names there that you've mentioned. But uh, I must ask you, you know, with uh, obviously all of us sort of recreational players uh, gearing up to perhaps set, stepping foot in a, a net or uh, training soon. What was the first session back like for for all your your sort of players at Kings? Any um, balls into the sides of nets and you know bowled through the gate, or was it just a case of trying to get them to pitch? No, we well we it was it was a batting session mainly because uh, obviously you know AJ quite well. Uh, he's a, a fast bowling guru and. I, I was busy setting up a bowling net and he was like, whoa, 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 these guys haven't bowled for months, some of them, like we're not going to go straight back into bowling. So I was uh, I was corrected by him there and I had to um, set up a different batting net instead. So we, we pretty much did some batting and uh, it's pretty good. We've got um, a new bowling machine, actually, which you'll love. It has a top and a, a lower speed variation. So say if you've got it on 60 miles an hour, you can have the top delivery at 65 and the lower delivery at 55 and every few balls, it varies the speed a little bit. Um, so that's quite good to make it a little bit more realistic. I know that, you know, as much as anyone that I love having 60 mile an hour, half volleys just outside off stump. Um, but when, when the speed varies a little bit, it catches you out and, you have to block a couple as well. Well, that sounds perfect to me, mate. I can just sit it on 45 miles an hour, safe in the knowledge that it might jump up to 48 and hopefully come down at 40. So, sounds ideal. Sign me up. You're in. You're in. <laughs> Very good, Lang, as well. It's uh, it's good to hear sort of things are progressing. And as I say, some familiar names there. Hopefully, we'll see uh, some of those lads and, and perhaps even some some new names down at Macclesfield Cricket Club. Now, before we get on to, to the news, the other thing I must push you on, there were let's be honest, some inflammatory comments made on a recent episode of Get It Waxed by none other than former uh, pupil Sam Buckingham, who had some, um, well, some some questionable things to say about, A, your your coaching prowess and, and indeed your, your cricket knowledge. Uh, is, is there mm-hmm. anything that you'd like to say with regards to Sam Buckingham? The struggles that I've got Sam Buckingham out of during the years of his time at Kings, and he has to go and stab me in the back with... <laughs> slanderous comments to be honest I can safely say that Sam is not the kind of person to let the truth get in the way of a good story (laughs) and you know if he wants to poke a bit of fun at me that's fine as I told him when he was at school and I'll tell him again I could write on a post-it more than he knows about cricket so um, (laughs) hi Sam I hope you're listening and I can't wait to see you because I don't teach you anymore so next time I see you get ready for it (laughs) <laughs> very good and um any any sort of comments about uh him effectively practicing the fine art of cone laying oh well i just don't know what to say about it to be honest i just found it very disrespectful that um you know he would pass through the pete langley academy of cricket and call me a, a cone dropper or whatever it was he called me he, he's not he's not fit to lace my spikes to be honest 
<laughs> which is why we pushed him into the hockey team more often than not than let him practice with the cricketers. But um, yeah, off spin isn't Sam's game and... No, nah, he's a good lad, really, isn't he? It's quite an entertaining one, that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I quite enjoyed, uh, you know, steering him onto onto yourself and uh, get, getting him to sort of talk about Mr. Langley and and his time at Kings. Although I am devastated to learn that, um, you know, he mentioned about this awful LBW decision he got, and then he cl- he claimed that you weren't allowed in the dugout because you didn't know anything about cricket, and all you were good for was filming the games. And unfortunately, you know, we've discovered that you don't actually have access to this clip. Uh, do you want to tell everybody why that is? Because I think Sam ought to to thank you from the bottom of his heart for the reason that clip will never see the light of day. Well, I'm glad you said that, actually, Miles, because, first of all, dugout. Like, what game are we playing? Like, no wonder Sam thinks I don't know anything about cricket if he thinks he was expecting to turn around and see me in a dugout. No, the reason is because we were in the... Oh, I can't remember the name of the stadium. Abu Dhabi International Stadium, is it? Yeah, that's the one. So, at one end of the ground, what the pavilion end, is a, a two-tier stadium. Obviously, you know, I've never played or coached in, in anything like it. So it's a great experience for those guys. Um, and I managed to, uh, I wouldn't say we were under high security, but I managed to negotiate my way all the way to the top floor of the the tier, past lots of different locked doors and media boxes and, and things that said no entry, um, which you might, you might argue is a bit of a risk in, in a country like uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, but I managed to get to the top floor with our, with our camcorder get a pretty good uh, shot and I wouldn't say we're tight with our money on media equipment at Kings, but um, it was early days and I didn't have enough SD cards to keep the filth of Sam's bowling as well as any of the poor decisions that were that were given against us and uh, some of the correct decisions as well. So any wickets, I, I don't say us getting out. Who, who wants to see videos of us getting out? That was for more social media purposes than coaching purposes. So now, in hindsight, given you know what you know about Sam secretly, no one else is listening. Language you can tell me. Do you wish that you kept that dismissal and probably various other dismissals over his time at Kings? You could make a comedy reel out of some of Sam's highlights, but um, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's best for my maybe it's best for my professional reputation that those clips stay unseen. Well, very good, Langers. I, I have to say, I did enjoy uh, a little bit of uh, Sam Bucky and bashing, and, and God knows the man deserves it, especially after those frankly inflammatory remarks he made about your good self. But uh, moving on, um, as I said, there's a little bit of news, um, which is that uh, you're going to be doing a little bit of hosting for us over the the season. Um, for for those that um, remember from last year, we sort of paused um, and had a, a, a mid-season break or whatever you want to call it when we got into the actual cricket season from the podcasts so the intention is that we'll run sort of get it whacked podcast episodes up until the start of the cricket season at which point we'll switch back to having the weekly mac report episodes where we're joined by captains vice captains or players to give a brief overview of the match and um, due to my uh, sort of (laughs) impending reason for being a little bit more busy um, over over the coming months I, I sort of reached out to Langer and said, look, would you be interested in kind of hosting the Mac report? And I'm pleased to say that uh, you agreed and, and you're going to be taking that on for us. Yeah, I mean, you know me, Miles, I don't like to be centre of attention. So I'm 
I'm a bit nervous about it, but I'm happy to to step into some pretty big boots. And uh, like you said, yeah, you, you, you've been up to, to no good. So so you're going to be a little bit busier. And also when you are available, you can't really interview yourself about 13 cricket, can you? So happy to, to add to my roles that I've had at the cricket club, player, coach, uh, barman, entertainer, all-round entertainer, um, and uh, yeah, match report host. Indeed. Well, I'm sure everybody will be uh, looking forward to, to listening to some good uh, commentary and, and some interviews and, and whatnot from yourself with the Mac report. And that kicks off, I suppose, um, week commencing sort of uh, whatever it is. One. When's the first game? 17th of April. So I guess the first yeah. report will be after that. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken to Crossy the other day. I think he's got a couple of friendlies in mind. So yeah, we'll just play it by ear, I think, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Christ alive, you don't want to invite James Cross onto this podcast more than you have to. So I encourage you to, uh, you know, look outside the the first team captain for the Wands match reports. But no, we can't bash Crossy too much. He uh, he does a lot of good, a lot of good work. And, uh, you know, we all love him to bits. That's all right. I've got quite a bit of sort of ammo on Crossy. So he'll have to... uh... He'll have to keep himself tight-lipped, I reckon. Yeah, I think the chance will be a fine thing. Well, as I say, Langers, I just want to make a very public thank you to to you for the uh, the work that you'll be doing over the season. And as you say, I'm afraid to say, listeners, that uh, whilst Langers will be stepping up to the mark and, and hosting the Mac Report, chances are you, you might have to endure a little bit of my uh, my voice on there at times, although I'm sure there are some other reprobates from the third team that will be on to uh, to deliver some some uh, some match reports so we're looking forward to that and as i say a very public thank you and uh, lastly just before we we end this particular podcast langers i uh, just thought it'd be good to hear a bit of an update on instagram and how that's all going um you know as as we've said before langers is sort of at the helm of our inks instagram um and yeah you're doing some great things over there so anything you want to tell us another string to my bow social media manager forgot about that uh, this CV, this CV is going to be massive. Um, if only people would actually believe it. Uh, the social media has been, it's been good. Um, actually had a, yeah, a bit of, what's the word, to and fro in with Bookie when we started um, uploading the pictures of his hair that people were sending in. There was one from Tom Carter that I wasn't willing to share, um, which you'll probably be able to see if you can get onto the direct messages. Uh, it's been good. And to be honest, that's probably... If I'm being honest, that's the uh, least sort of professional thing that I've done since I've been doing it. I've been trying to keep it pr- pretty straight-laced and, and informative, with a little bit tongue-in-cheek at times with um, some of the you know pretty good interviews you've had with with players past and present. But yeah, I had a feeling that I was I was in for a bit of a bashing from Bucky. So uh, as soon as you told me that he was uh, he was going on the podcast, I, I had my ideas ready for how we were going to. Back down the peg or two. Well, that's it. You've got to get your shots in early. That's what I always say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Excellent. And um, anything that you're sort of looking to do on the Instagram, um, you know, leading up to the season, is is the stat badger going to rear its ugly head again? Yeah, I think we'll see. A, we'll see uh, three things really. Hopefully, sort of maybe a monthly stat badger, maybe a bit of a run, a sort of run ladder and wickets ladder as the season goes on. Frankie, mention his name again on the podcast. Oh, dear. Oh, for God's uh, sake, Langer. Can, can we cut this bit out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A friend of mine that I live with, uh, also my landlord, <laughs> he had the idea, basically, of making sure everyone knows pretty much when the bar is open, um, especially after the, the you know year to, to 13, 14 months that we'll have had by the time the season starts. Um, so you'll be able to see the fixtures for first, seconds, thirds, fourths, 
Sunday 11 over 40s and, and hopefully we'll get the ladies fixtures on there as well but I'm going to hopefully put out a weekly sort of um, fixture bulletin so when the under 19s are at home when the 40s are at home and who's at home on Saturday and Sunday so you know what time the bar will be open and uh, get down to the to the beer garden hopefully taking a bit of inspiration from Mac Rugby Club would like to get some green screens done ready for some some cracking social media posts basically so for anyone who doesn't know what that is it's, it's basically getting some sort of shoulder chest shoulder headshots of the players with green behind them um and then you can edit out the green pretty easily and, and put it onto whatever background you want so hopefully that'll ha- help and, and that might help longers as well if people are willing to to give sponsorship and player sponsors and things like that means we might be able to put some of the player profiles in in with different backgrounds and and things like that, which will be a bit of an experiment for me, but it will definitely be with a green screen a lot easier than using one of the apps that I had to use to delete Sam Buckingham's hair. So (laughs) uh, tell you that took a long time. I was too careful about it, to be honest. I should have just chopped him across the forehead. Well, I mean, I, I think that's probably as good a place as anywhere to, to round out this episode, Langers. Uh, so thank you, obviously, for popping back on for the umpteenth time. And as I say, really looking forward to to hearing your work over the, the coming season with the Mac Report and everything else you do for the club. Awesome. Thanks, mate. All right, buddy. Speak to you soon. Yeah.